This is episode 108, Trusting Your Intuition in Love and Relationships with Sandra. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again for listening. Coming to you from Bali. Yes, I'm still in Bali for a few more days. Well, by the time you hear this episode, hopefully I will be back in the States. I don't know if you heard the news, but there is a volcano that, as far as we know, will erupt at any moment in Bali. And I've known about it for a little over a week now, about the second day I got here. And I will admit that my anxiety about it definitely was high, especially in the beginning. Not so much for my safety, but more because I had 22 women coming for a retreat in Bali. And so we really had to look into, is it safe and what's going to happen? And bottom line, we're safe in Ubud. And all the women got here with no flight delays, no problems. It all has just been flowing beautifully. So I'm taking that as feedback that we're all supposed to be here. But wow, is Mother Nature a great reminder of how we have zero control about so much in life. I mean, there's no way any of us can control the eruption of a volcano. And I'm also reminded of how pointless worry is. I mean, I have invested and wasted quite a bit of energy worrying about this volcano. And if I'm going to get stuck here and if I'm going to be able to go to Malaysia, which is where I'm headed next, and let me tell you how much good that's done. Absolutely none. So if you're worrying about something that you just can't control, and most of the time we what we're worrying about we can't control, and like I like to say, worry is using our imagination poorly, let me just remind you to reclaim your energy. There's things we can't control. We don't know the future. All we can do is live in the moment. And I had to coach myself through that, and I'm glad I did because I just reconnected to the beauty of Bali and the magic of Bali and how much I love, 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 love leading this retreat here. We've already gotten a lot of requests to get on the wait list for next year. So email Jill at christinehassler.com if you want to join us next year. I'll be sharing a little bit more of the breakdown of the retreat and everything that happened here on next week's episode. So listen up for that. And you may not be in Bali right now with me, but there's another opportunity to spend some time with me. And I'm so excited to tell you about it. So on October 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific, I'm going to be teaching a free masterclass where I'm going to be talking about how to bring more of what's unconscious to your conscious mind so you can remove obstacles in your life. Because this is a thing I've noticed about being a coach this long and being a seeker. Awareness is only the first step. I know so many of you are aware of so many things, but it's like, how do you change it? And we cover a lot of ground on this show and I'm so glad you're learning so much, but I want to help you even more. So that's why I designed this masterclass to really talk about something called the iceberg principle to help you identify your compensatory strategy and to really help you transform your struggles into your superpowers so you can live with no regrets seriously, no regrets. And you know, what's so cool. I have to just tell you guys this because you're like, you're my people, you're my tribe. 
I'm calling it the No Regrets Masterclass for a couple of reasons. One, I love talking about regret because I encourage people all the time to take risk. You can recover from risk. You can recover from a perceived failure, but you cannot get back time. You can't get back time. And regret is such a painful thing because we can't get back time. We can't rewind. And so when we aren't making conscious choices, when we aren't showing up in relationship or career and our purpose in the way that we want, or we aren't taking those risks, we're going to have regret. And so many people on their deathbeds, one thing that they talk about is the things they wish they would have done that they didn't. So join me for this masterclass. It's christinehausler.com slash masterclass. There's going to be some bonuses to join me for my mastery course. So you're not going to want to miss the masterclass because you got to watch that to get access to it. And don't worry. Don't worry. If you can't make it live, there will be a replay, but you got to catch the replay a couple days later. So don't miss it. I'll put the link in the show notes. And again, the URL is christinehasler.com slash masterclass. Oh, and I forgot to tell you the other cool thing. Totally got off on a tangent. So here's the other cool thing. The other reason I'm calling it the No Regrets Masterclass, I was on the phone with Scott and Jill from my team and we were like, hmm, what do we want to call this webinar? What do we want to call it? And in that moment, we picked up like someone else's cell phone, which rarely happens anymore. Like how often do cell phones like crosswire? It's like we picked up someone's Bluetooth or something and we heard her saying, I want to live life with no regrets. And we were like, oh my God that's it. That's what we want to help people do. We don't want to have any regrets in life. So that's what the class is. That's what I'm going to be teaching. And that's where you're going to get an invitation to join me for the course. So don't miss it. Okay. So our caller today, Sandra, we're back into the theme of relationships. She's asking me for clarity on her current relationship and she definitely gets it in the end. And be sure to listen all the way through because what we uncover in the last 10 minutes or so of this call are gold and connect so many dots for Sandra and I'm sure it would connect some dots for you as well. So as you're listening, consider, is there something in your life that you're uncertain about? Something you're seeking clarity about? Do you feel guilty about something you've done in a relationship? Would you really love for someone who you're in a relationship with to change? Like if they would just change, things would be so much better. And you really know what to do. Like is there a decision where you're struggling, but you really know what to do? You just want permission, confirmation, or a sign? Well, maybe this episode is your sign. Before we dive into the call, I have a special message for any of you who are looking to buy a car. Because when you want to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. But unfortunately, you know, people aren't honest. It's not always the case. People can figure cars online only later to find out they're not available. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency. We love that. And offering you a competitive market price. So using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. And TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. Now you'll know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network, and there are over 13,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide, and you can work directly with a certified dealer contact. And TrueCar users actually save an average of over 3,000 off MSRP. 
So when you're ready to buy, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And now on to my call with Sandra. Sandra, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. My question is has to do with relationships. I'm currently in a relationship with someone and the backstory. We met about four and a half years ago in the US. I was going to grad school. He was lived in another state. He was in the area. We met, connected really quick. He's very masculine and so he when he wants to get things done, he moves things very quickly. And so our relationship moved very quickly. So we were planning on me moving out, out to the state that he was in. And then I was all on board. And then once I had to tell my family and the school that I was leaving, everyone was really, everyone balked at it. And I had never really done anything in my life before that really went against a lot of people. And so that was really hard. And I tried to talk to him about it and he got really angry. Mm. And so I was kind of, between like his anger and then other everyone else's disappointment. So what I did is I shut off everyone else's disappointment and just tried to make him happy. So our relationship has been pretty miserable for four and a half years. And I'm at the point where I want to move forward with the relationship. Um, we almost broke up. Now we're back together. And I, I just want to move forward with integrity. And I want to move forward with having a voice and having a presence and he is very he has a very strong presence and a very strong personality and i'm just not sure how to manage that okay so if you could bottom line your question into one statement what would it be how to move into a new relationship that has a lot of baggage with someone who's very masculine and while moving forward with my piece of the relationship with integrity and in the feminine and having a voice. Okay. So are you sure that you want to come back into this relationship? No. Okay. So maybe that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk it out. What makes you want to and what makes you not want to? I really care about him a lot. Um, He has a very good heart. He loves me a lot. I just am afraid of losing myself again to the relationship. He's away right now for for work and so I won't see him until December. He's kind of going, he's in the military, so he's probably going to be a different person when I see him next time. So I don't really know who I'm going to get when he comes back. Okay. Um, So I'm just really hesitant about the wiser part of me is like, don't sell yourself out again. Don't throw yourself under the bus and leave your heart and leave part of you that doesn't want to go into the relationship. Well, that sounds pretty powerful. What you just said. Why do you think I say that? The powerful in the sense of that I don't want to lose myself again. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you now? 28. And how many years of your adult life have you spent in relationship? And how many years have you spent not in relationship? A very good question. I, when I met him, I have very, had a very enmeshed relationship with my mom. So it kind of felt like Mm. I went from my mom and I to my partner and I. Yeah. So 
Um, I didn't, I've never really had a time in my life where it was just me. Right. Doing my own thing. Yeah. Well, maybe that's really what, because a lot of times when we're not sure about something, it's our intuition leading us another direction, right? If it's not a hell yes, sometimes it's a hell no, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so all your concern about should I get back with him and kind of all the story related to it. And it's, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're more concerned about, is he different? Has he changed? What is it going to be like? And you're banking a lot on what he's going to be like. And if we're, Mm -hmm. we're confident in ourselves and we know who we are and we know how to be a great partner to ourselves, then we aren't so concerned or dependent on how somebody else is going to show up. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering what would be your biggest number one reason for getting back into the relationship? Like, honestly, why do you want it back? I would just, it's like, I know like four and a half years, five years, isn't like, a doesn't sound like a long time. I've just, I just feel like we're so connected on, on that. Um, like I moved to a new country with him. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel very taught. Like, I think if we can get past all the, the bad stuff in our, like the dysfunctional stuff in our relationship, like our hearts are very similar and they connect um, in a very strong way. So like there's, I definitely feel very, um, tied to him, I guess. And that, and as I say that, I don't know if that's a healthy tied mm-hmm. to him or mm-hmm. if that's a dependent tied to him. And I, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's incredibly self-aware of you to realize that you don't know if it's a healthy tie because it may not be. It may yeah. be more of that. Like you said, you were very meshed with your mother. So a lot of times we, are confused about what love is. Cause I have no doubt that your mother mm-hmm. loved you. I have no doubt that you love this man and he loves you. However, there's mm-hmm. different kinds of love and enmeshment is, yeah. is not um, the healthiest form of love. Right. It's loving right. ourselves through someone else and a little bit of codependence, which, which, you know, cause you're very self-aware and, and you, you can recognize that. So, it sounds like to me more of the reason you want to get back with him is because it's familiar, not necessarily because it's healthy or what you want. Because if you're afraid of losing yourself again, that's, (laughs) that's indication that in some way you felt like you lost yourself. And the good news is we never really truly lose ourselves. We just become more focused on someone else than ourselves. And sometimes the only way to remember who we are or to quote unquote find ourselves again is to not continue playing out the patterns with the same people over and over again. Because my concern is, you know, especially he's been off in the military. It's not like he's, you know, spending this time away doing his own self-reflection and for the relationship to work, you can't, it's, it's like the Einstein says a problem can't be solved, solved at the level it's created. And for two people to shift a dysfunctional relationship into a healthy relationship, both people have to be willing to do the work, both in terms of their own background, cleaning up their own end of the street, and as a couple. 
So I'm not saying it's not possible, but he has to be equally committed to it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Is he equally committed to it? No. I don't think so. He's not equally committed into doing his own work, um, like his own back history work. I, yeah. And so that's kind of the thing that I felt kind of over-responsible because I saw in the beginning how I really shut off and I really didn't show up in the relationship. And that was on me. And so, and I saw how that hurt him. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like I totally saw my piece of it. And so I think I over-identified with the responsibility because I saw, I felt like I broke it. So it was my responsibility to fix the relationship. And yeah, so I think I take on all of it. Why do you feel like you broke it? Because when I moved to the state where he was in, I wasn't honest with him about my level of commitment and where my, in my um, discrepancy between like wanting to go, but not wanting to disappoint everyone. So bottom line that for me, what do you mean your level of commitment? What were you honest about? Did you lie to him about something? When he got angry about me wavering about wanting to come out or not, um, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to come. And so I really shut down and I didn't, I wasn't really communicative about my wavering of like, ah, part of me like really wants to stay in this program and close to my family and, um, and that. And so I just was like, yep, I'm just going to come and it's going to be great. And it's going to be great. And that was kind of became my motto (laughs) for our relationship. Well, it sounds like the person you really weren't honest with was yourself. Yeah. And whenever we're not honest with ourselves, it's hard to be honest with others. Yep. So I think that, you know, I acknowledge you for owning your end of the, your side of the street here. And I also encourage you to really forgive yourself for not being honest with yourself. And now's the time to really, 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 really be honest with yourself. Really be honest with yourself, Sandra, really honest in terms of what do you think is truly, truly for your highest good? And that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of knowing the answer, but not following through. What's the answer? If he's not willing to do the work, then the relationship is not for my highest good. How do you know if he's willing to do the work? By talking to him, kind of seeing where he's at, what his perception of everything is and Um, his level of investment and accountability when I talk to him again. Okay. And do you think you'll be able to get an honest answer about that from him? I, I don't know. I don't know. How much time do you have until he comes back? Until he comes back in person, probably three months. Um, But we talk on the phone a couple of times a week. And when you talk on the phone, what is that connection like? Um, right now it's pretty bad because in the time apart, he's kind of processing his, um, his feelings about the relationship and his like feelings of anger and resentment and, um, betrayal that, you know, I really wasn't there in the relationship. And so he is kind of in that right now. So we haven't really, it's not very good. Have you considered maybe not talking for a while 
giving each other some space. Because sometimes it's hard to get clarity when we're continuing to engage in the behavior. Sometimes we need some perspective. Yeah. Because it sounds like you're trying to work it out through each other and you each keep getting triggered. Sounds like there's hurt on, there's hurt on both ends. I don't know what his past Uh is, but there's probably things that are being triggered from his past. Right. So it's, Uh it's like what, what I hear you wanting is clarity. Absolutely. What you're doing right now is continuing to confuse you. Yeah. And it's not like you guys can be in counseling together or really work on anything right now. He's far away. You're just talking a little bit on the phone. I don't know that it's doing either one of you that much good. Yeah, I would agree. So this could be a really, this could be great practice for you in terms of starting to break that pattern of codependent and enmeshment to cut the cord for three Mm -hmm. months. To say, look, we love each other. We are connected. We've got some soul searching to do. We've got some things to Mm -hmm. figure out internally. So let's give each other these three months. Let's not be in contact and let's see where we are in three months. Yeah. I think that would, I think that would help the clarity piece a lot because I think the more we talk, the more confused I get. And Mm -hmm. that's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that would help a ton. So I just want you to notice something. Notice how you are not fighting my advice. Yeah. You're not like, but I want to stay and like, he's so great. And like, it's going to be really hard. Notice that you're, you're, there's not a lot of resistance to it. So I, I think that I'm echoing what you already know. I'm just saying it out loud. Yeah. It's like, I need to get permission, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I need, it's like, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you've been saying. And I think I just doubt myself and I doubt like, oh, if you really take a stand in this relationship, you're going to regret it. Like you're going to, you're throwing away something really great. And so I just, I doubt myself, but I know it's like, I know I just doubt. Yeah. Well, and from what you've said, it doesn't sound really, really great. And I'm not saying that he's not great. This is not a dig against him. It's more based on the kind of the level this relationship was created, which was moving from one enmeshed relationship to another, kind of being one foot in and one foot out from the beginning. Was it really that great? No, no, it wasn't. And can you see that if you do some work now, spend some time on yourself, get clear about, you know, what you want to do. And if you still even want to live there, like really start to, let your own inner knowing and your own intuition be the best source of your advice and let that start to be your inner compass and really start to show up for yourself in a different way, then you're going to have a good outcome no matter what. You're either going to come back into this relationship without the fear of losing yourself because you'll really know who you are, or you'll be like, I'm, I'm good without a relationship right now. I'm going to just enjoy life or you'll attract someone that's a better fit. So mm-hmm. none of those options are that bad, are they? No, no, they're not. 
or not. They all sound pretty great, actually. Right. Right. And let me ask you this, an honest answer. Do you Uh think you really miss him or do you think you miss the comfort and familiarity of the relationship? I know I don't miss him in the sense of what our relationship was because I was dying in it. I miss the comfort and familiarity. And I'm. it's like in my head, I have this image of what we could have been and what we could be. And I... Um, Which is a fantasy. I miss that. Yes. Yes, it is a fantasy. And I... Yeah, so it's more the comfort and familiarity and the, yeah. So something that would be good to do would be to write down the reality, like the absolute truth, the reality of what the relationship was and is. So you get really, really clear. Mm-hmm. And and that can be, there can be good in that too. Like we had a you know a great connection. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I talk on the podcast about different kinds of relationships and this could be either an issue-based relationship or a journey mate or a combination of the both. So issue-based relationships, we end up playing out kind of our core issues with someone else. Like you are meshment with your mother. You're kind of playing out with him. And sometimes a journey mate relationship, it, it has an expiration date. Like there's a sole contract. Maybe you're supposed to be in Australia and he was the reason you got there. Who, who knows? You know, maybe you're really, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have gotten there without him. And so he came into your life for a season. So it may be those two things. And those, those are beautiful relationships and they're not failures if they don't last. They serve their purpose. And now it's really time for you to look at your relationship with you. And instead of having a fantasy of what something could be, get really, really, really clear about what a healthy relationship looks like to you. Yeah. yeah. What's the one thing that you really wanted from him that you didn't get? Support. What kind of support? What did you really want? I wanted him to not try to fix me, but just support me. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of be with me. Mm-hmm. So could you start doing that for yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that you wanted from him now is the time to give to yourself. Mm. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, yeah. what was your relationship with your dad like? Um, he pretty flat. Um, yeah, he wasn't. I don't know how to describe it. It's more than flat. Like he just wasn't really, my mom was very controlling and my parents separated. And so my mom and I, because we were so enmeshed and she was so controlling, like she didn't, my dad didn't really have a spot in my life. Mm. And how do you think that's impacting you today? I think that, I know I feel guilty for that because um, my dad is very, very sweet natured. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I know he loves me and I know that it, it really broke his heart when he, um, when him and my mom separated and he, um, didn't get to see us. And so I like, even though it happened, when I was like 10, I felt like I should have, um, 
been there for him hmm. more. Can you see you're more like your dad than your mom? Yeah. 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 And can you see that exactly the feelings you were having at age 10 about being there for your dad are similar to the feelings you're having about being there for yourself right now? Yeah. Can can you see how in the relationship with your guy that he was more like your mom and you were more like your dad and a lot of times you felt a little controlled? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's almost like you're trying to get close to your dad by kind of playing out his life. Hmm. You know, I, I always, I've looked a lot at my mom a lot because that's where all the, all my, you know, perceived pain is, but I, you know, my dad was just a big question mark, but I really see that mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's your relationship with him like today? I, um, we talk on the phone every so often. I feel a lot of, it's very like, I just want him, like I want, I'm protective of him. Mm-hmm. So I, um, yeah, I'm protective of him. Maybe you need to start, turn some of that on you, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I know that. Yeah. And also, know that your dad made his own choices. And you're not going to protect yourself by trying to protect him. So you've got to let him live his life, have his choices. Oftentimes, yep. we try so hard not to become like a parent <laughs> that we end up becoming like them. Mm-hmm. So have compassion for him, love him, know he's the dad, you're the daughter, and look at choices he's made that you're playing out a little bit, and choose differently. Yeah. And I can, you know, it does come down to choice, and that's something that I can do, I can do differently. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sandra... As we wrap up here, what is the self-honoring choice that you're committed to making? I am committed to making the choice to give myself permission to just be in these three months, not try to fix myself, not try to fix a relationship, just really learn about myself and give myself space and bring up the idea of not talking and giving us both some room for just some clarity for both of our, both of our ends. Well, hold on. Let me jump in here. Yeah. Is this going to be a group decision or are you deciding this? <laughs> um, in my head, it was a group decision. Yeah. I think that's scary for me to really like stand up for that. How often did you see your dad not stand up for himself? All the time. Do you want to be like time. that? Okay. No, no, I don't. I will make the self-honoring choice to not talk until we see each other again, like not have the random phone conversations, and I will decide that. Beautiful. How do you feel? Empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And see, it's not againstness. We're not blaming anybody. No one's wrong. He's not mm-hmm. bad. You're just honoring your truth. And when we honor our truth, we feel empowered. Yep. 
I really acknowledge you. I acknowledge you, Sandra, for your self-awareness. I acknowledge how coachable that you are. And I think I illuminated a few things for you in terms of connecting some dots, but you already knew Mm -hmm. before you called me what the truth was. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So trust that because you've, you know, a lot. And so did your dad, but because you don't want to upset people because you're used to getting your love from someone else because you're scared of something going away, you deny your own truth. And that over time is going to get harder and harder and harder to avoid. So you're 28 years old now. It's time to start honoring and speaking your truth. Oh, yeah, I needed to hear that. Good. I needed to hear that. Yep. This call is another great example of how strong our intuition is. Like so many of our callers on this show, especially when it comes to relationships, Sandra already knew the answer. She just was a bit scared to make the choice. And this is something I really want to emphasize because I see this come up over and over again with people. Be very mindful of what you're scared of and what you're kind of making your number one fear. For example, Sandra was scared of missing out on this guy's potential and the possibility of losing him. And she was letting that be her number one fear and the fear that was driving so many of her choices. But there was a much more important fear to address that should be number one, her fear of losing herself. From my point of view, that should get her attention and influence her decision more than anything else. So I turn this back to you, my sweet listeners. What legitimate fears should you pay more attention to? For example, the fear of losing someone who you were doubting the relationship with anyway, or the fear of spending more and more years in an unsatisfying relationship. Here's another one. The fear of leaving your job and having less money for a while and dealing with some uncertainty, or the fear of spending the rest of your life in a career you hate and feeling like you never lived into your full potential. Speaking of regret, that's a big one. I am not a coach that says to be fearless. I don't think it's possible. I don't know any human being that doesn't have fear come up. And fear can really serve us in some ways. We get tapped into the right kind of fear, like not living into our potential, like not having the relationship we dream of. It lights a fire under our butt to make some changes. And then once we take action, then we don't need the fear. The other thing is when you're tapped into the wrong fear, you just start doubting yourself and you can't get clear and you wear rose-colored glasses. That was the thing with Sandra too. She was more in love with the potential of him and the possibility of him than the actual person. And that's not fair to her or him. And even I said to her, do you really miss him or do you miss the comfort of the relationship? And as you heard in her answer, there was not a lot there that really made it seem like she wanted to stay. There was just a lot of confusion. Even her reasons for wanting it, her voice inflected a lot, like our hearts are similar. I feel very tied to him. It was like a a question mark as she was talking. So as I was listening, I was just really picking up on her intuition and how she felt. She she wasn't sure. There's a part of her that just doesn't want to be in this. And I think a big reason is because her soul wants to know who she is independent of being enmeshed in a relationship. As you heard, she went from her mom to her partner. So her concern about losing herself is legitimate and and I think very astute and self-aware. So Sandra needed to be aware that one of the main reasons she wanted to get back with him is not necessarily out of love, but out of a comfort zone. You know, she had a comfort zone of being enmeshed with someone and our comfort zones are familiar. And so we tend to want to go back to them, but they, as you know, don't always take us where we want to go. 
And I want to say something about losing ourselves. Truly, we never lose ourselves. We just have amnesia when we get caught up in someone or something else. And we can always refine ourselves. But if we keep playing out the patterns that reinforce the forgetfulness, like codependent relationships, it takes us a bit longer to remember. So you might as well end the pattern of losing yourself quickly so that your amnesia doesn't get worse. The other thing is if you're dealing with uncertainty, if you're unsure about a situation, one prayer that I use a lot that I will pass on to you, you can use as a prayer or meditation, and I ask this of Sandra, is asking what is truly for your highest good and the highest good of all concerned. That was something that I learned at the University of Santa Monica. We always said this or something better for the highest good of all concerned. And I love that because it really surrenders to what's the highest good because sometimes we think we know what the best choice is and, and we think something is for the good, but it may not be the highest good. And sometimes a temporary hurt or a temporary decision that may affect someone negatively in the short run isn't great, but in the long run is for their highest good. I mean, you've heard me talk about when my fiance broke up with me in my twenties, short term, awful, sucked, devastating, heartbreaking, but oh my gosh, was it ever for my highest good. And sometimes when we make decisions for our highest good and the highest good of all concerned, we can feel like it's a little selfish, but it's not. Being honest is the most self-honoring and loving thing we can do. I also encourage Sandra to get some space, some perspective. This is important for people that have had a pattern of being relationship after relationship after relationship. You need some space to get perspective. These two, Sandra and her guy, were trying to work it out with each other and they just keep getting triggered on both ends. I heard her saying she wanted clarity, but what she was doing by trying to figure it out with him and talking or not talking and going back and forth, they were just engaging in behavior that was continuing to confuse both of them. And the final thing I'll say before I give you takeaways, and I pointed this out to her, is notice how she didn't fight my advice. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of resistance and I wasn't really giving her that much advice. I was kind of just echoing what she was saying and pointing out to her, her own self-doubt. So that's a clue. If people are saying things to you and you're not offering up a lot of resistance, the advice could be spot on. So some takeaways for you. Get clear on the fear you really need to be paying attention to. Like get really clear. Your fear of what you may be missing out on if you keep kind of looking at the surface level fear or the distracting fear or the fear of upsetting somebody else or the fear of being in uncertainty for a while, the fear of being out of your comfort zone. Pay more attention to the long-term fear of not having what you want, not living into your full potential. What needs to be your number one fear? Second, look at the parent you're most like or becoming. We got into some really great stuff. We were talking about Sandra's parents, especially her dad. Sometimes we pay more attention to maybe the parent that triggered us more. And we forget about how that other parent influenced us as well. So who's the parent you've been paying a little more attention to? (laughs) And maybe who's the other parent you need to look at? And next space, like I said, she needed some space to get some clarity. So where do you need some space in your life? And finally, use that prayer in your meditation or in your prayer. What is truly for the highest good of all concerned? And finally, remember to join me for my masterclass, No Regrets, christinehassel.com slash masterclass. Link is in the show notes. Until next time, everybody, I'm sending you so much love from Bali and many blessings. 
Hey there, I'm Victoria Shade, the host of PetMD's Life with Pets, where we celebrate pets and the people who love them. Each week on the show, I'll explore a different facet of pet parenting, from troubleshooting challenges like litter box problems to dealing with muddy paw prints on the couch to learning all about how you can help dogs and cats by fostering. You'll hear from amazing guests, and on most episodes, you'll also hear from Millie, my studio pup who likes to snore in the background. We've got new episodes launching every Monday, so make sure to listen exclusively at podcastone.com, the new podcast one app or at apple podcasts and it would be great if you could rate and review the show so other pet parents can find it that's pet md's life with pets learn laugh and become a better pet lover along the way thank you for listening to over at non with it i love hearing from you so please post your comments or questions at christinehasslercom slash podcast that's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.